Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Chatabout. We're back with the wonderful Lisa Baldacchino. Hello! Um, and there's also <laughs> Andrew Shabaraz with us as well. Hello, 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 hello. Hello, hello. hello. So, hello. Um, last week... <laughs> let's go, Dana, Dana. <laughs> I feel like this is going to be a laughing festival. I think so. <laughs> okay, we'll try and count down a bit. Um, but last week we talked about um, our experiences backstage of theatre uh, and what our thoughts were about that. And we kind of started to segue towards the cultural climate, which is yeah. what this week's episode is going to be centred around. Um, so Lise, um, you, you're part of Maya's Youth Advisory Committee, yes. is that the correct term? Yes, the Youth Advisory Committee. I got it right, okay. Jeez. <laughs> Sounds so fancy. Um, so yes, basically, a bit of context to how it started. Um, I met the wonderful Denise Perini uh, in 2018. Also, Denise Perini and I met because we both work backstage, essentially. She's okay, also cool. an actor, to be fair. She She's actually, she's comfortable on stage and whatever. Um, and, and I'm just going to show with her. Exactly. <laughs> she's, she's more into, as in, she's into performing equally backstage, unlike mm. myself. Um, anyway, and we, I, I don't even know how, how we clicked. We, we clicked in a sense of we were both starting out in the industry together um, and, and making our way and whatnot. And then... Third year, we were talking about our dissertations, and mine, my dissertation was um, association versus union, um, okay. and she, her her thesis was on the cultural policy, which at the time I think we only had the twenty eleven cultural policy. Since oh, wow. then, a new yeah. since then a new one has come out. Um, anyway, so we were talking, and one thing we realized was we felt that the young artists and upcoming artists um, needed a voice, needed someone to be like, okay, you want to do that? Let's help. You want to do that? Let's help. Um, and then we saw that Mia was being formed during our third year. We thought um, we best not do something separate. Let's actually ask to join them. Okay. And the lovely Howard Keith and, to- and Tony, um, literally we had a two-hour discussion with them about the fact that youth need a voice and um, the fact that we, we should be those people leading it. And Howard and Tony were like, okay, there you go. What's, what's your plan for the next year? And we're like, okay, uh, this is what we have planned. And they said, okay, um, you're in, like, let's do it. Um, so our role is essentially, first of all, bringing news of anything anything art related in reality to the young and upcoming and vice versa putting their names up to the professionals and not just theater so the entire committee so we have sam casarellis who's in film matthew jellel who is our tech guru we have anna kalea who is a digital digital artist we have amy Carwana who's a dancer um for and then myself and denise yes um, I feel like I'm forgetting someone. Is Jeremy part of it as well? So no? Jeremy's in the theatre uh, okay. committee. I feel like I'm forgetting someone. Denise, myself, Anna, Amy, no Sam. No pressure now. Matthew. I'm just <laughs> um, I feel like we're seven. Poor, poor, poor guy. I feel again. like I'm forgetting someone. You forgot the post. I'm so sorry. Oh my god. Um, anyway, so we're all. I we're not. I can't say we're up. We're still learning, but I feel like we're at that point where we want to help the young and upcoming. Um, so our role is to give a voice and to create opportunities um, and to give them the guidance that essentially we wished we had when we were starting out. Okay. 
Uh, and, and this is obviously like it's quite interesting because you guys were it sounds like you were trying to do it on your own but then obviously since Mel was formed it was yeah. kind of the perfect platform Alejandro Alejandro yes there you go I'm so bad I'm so sorry Alejandro um, <laughs> yes Alejandro's handling the music side as well um, yes so to be honest I'm glad we're not doing it on our own and I'm glad we have a platform like Mea um, they handle a variety of things and and Antonia and Howard give us the space to to create what we'd like to create. I'm not saying we're doing it without them because we all always run it by them. And sometimes they tell us things like, have you thought about this or this? And we're like, ah, no, we haven't exactly. So in a sense, we're glad we're, we have people to go to as opposed to doing it alone. It's quite interesting because Mea kind of was born throughout the pandemic and, yes. and it came about at a point where everything was pretty much closed. Yes. So I think now it's kind of like the most important time as we're emerging yeah. out of the pandemic and theater is finally starting to yeah. see the light of day again. Yes. And I think I think now is the time where we've seen a lot of work being done in theory, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in the past and, and with the policies going around. Mm-hmm. But now that we are currently, you know, coming out of everything, what, what is Maya's current position on things going on people what's the focus of it right now so i think at the moment they just want um a fair um level a fair leveled playing field i think if you're going to give something to a particular industry then give it to us too Mm -hmm. if for example um recently there was an artist that who's also a politician who was told you know we're not on a stage singing right now this is politics Mm -hmm. they want a level playing field i think that is the stand that they wanted when they started and i think it is the stand that they still want now um so what in a sense if for example certain industries can for example not have you know people checking vaccine certificates or have masks off then as we sit in a theater for example we can have our masks off yeah. Um, so again, it's it's a, a level a level playing field. That was happening throughout the whole pandemic, though. Yes. When we had issues like ah, oh, weddings, you don't need a mask anymore. You can have three hundred people, and then people in the theater, you have a small audience hall. You know, then that's a problem somehow. Yeah. yeah. You know, and yes. and I saw on 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 social media, me and I were really fighting for it. Yes. And I felt relieving knowing mm-hmm. that there's an organization because yep. when you have this individual or that individual speaking mm-hmm. up it's, it's one thing yeah but when you're collating all or not all but a lot of artists in one organization organization yeah. and association mm-hmm. is speaking on behalf of all those artists it's a lot more powerful yes you know that. and it really drives the message across some artists wouldn't talk on their own you know, they're not going to talk under no, their own steam. Not in as a if. million years. Because it's, it's always it's always a thing of if I speak out, I'm not going to get hired. Echo. It's all like it's, it's, you know, scared it's of being blacklisted no because exactly. of gonna, speaking out. So having an organization, an association that does that is is yeah. amazing. You know, yeah. and I think they really helped during the pandemic. They helped artists yes. significantly. Yes. Um, it's interesting as well because like everything you just said, Lisa, I tap into this idea of the level playing field. But I think what Maya did really well now is there's obviously bringing up the awareness of the things that are yes. not just at the moment because mm-hmm. so, I, I'm sure like even myself without having my uh, um, on my social feeds yeah. you know there are certain things which I would have completely missed you know yeah. about the pandemic because they brought up some very clear comparisons yes. of how different industries uh, different industries are being dealt with mm-hmm. and once you put them side by side yeah. um, it's quite clear that yes. there yeah. are yeah. things Absolutely. being done equally um, because and, and it's, it's quite ridiculous in the sense of like environments where it's more dangerous to be around because you're talking more i mean a theater mm-hmm. 
ended up getting the stigma, um, not only through theory, because yes. it's always the last thing to be released mm-hmm. in terms of COVID restrictions, yeah. but even from people, I've seen it in practice, um, theater got the stigma that it is a dangerous place to be. Yeah. It is an easy place to get COVID. I mean, even during this pandemic, simply, I will never forget, um, my between second year and third year, we kind of had an end of year performance um, where I was studying and we basically couldn't do it because we were locked down. So basically mm-hmm. our lecturer said, don't worry guys, we'll do it before you start your third year. So we went to rehearsal. And at the time, I think the Minister of Education um, was going around was going around MCAS and he came in and she was asking us, so what's the show about? Like, how are you socially distancing? Like, tell us. And we're telling him and he was so engaged. And then someone in the comments was like, why not pick an industry that gets you money or something like that? Pick an industry where you can actually work. Mm-hmm. So it's even, even before the pandemic, it had a stigma of you cannot work. You can't work full time. You can't work freelance because it doesn't give you enough money. So then, obviously, that stigma, I think, even went into the pandemic with, you know, oh, COVID goes into theatre, COVID doesn't go anywhere else. No, but there's, there is um, uh, the political side of it as well, in that the theatre theater industry compared to other industries in Malta is quite small. Yeah. So if you're a politician and you're enacting policies and you're mm-hmm. trying to see what you're going to do, in their mind, the theatre is, is the last, because it's a small industry, it doesn't get you many yes. votes... Um, because of the climate of the industry. So that is another thing. Unfortunately, the political climate works against the theatre industry. Yes. Um, So I'm not justifying it, obviously, but I'm just saying that that is what it is, you know? And that's why Mea's good, because it fights against that. That's it. You know? But it's not simply a case of the theatre is being treated unfairly, we need policies, yes, but even even the sports area does, and even this does, and even that does. Yeah. So how do you prioritise things? Mm-hmm. During a pandemic, you have to pr- prioritise the industries. Okay, what's going to keep us afloat in terms of financially? What's going to keep people people going and people happy on, on, uh, um, on the majority level, you know? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, theatre is not one of those. And, and it pains me to say it, you know? Yeah. And I'm lucky because... I don't work in, in the theatre industry, you know what I mean? I have an economics degree, I work in that industry, I'm perfectly fine. So I'm lucky in that, you know? For me, just mean, meant on the weekend, I, I can't go watch a show, because, you know, I can't mm-hmm. perform, but it doesn't pain me, but... In terms of being stable throughout yeah, the pandemic, exactly. as in your exactly. okay. I, I was but lucky also, enough in that regard. Yes, as in I understand what you're saying, but also the art community falls under what you know, what the tourism brings in, you know, part of that tourism mm-hmm. is coming down for art, not just theatre, digital arts, exhibition, mm-hmm. film, music, um, but you know, I'm, it's, I'm not it's... convinced that that part of the industry is that big compared to other industries. To be honest, this is something I've you been know? like thinking about quite a bit recently in terms of, obviously, we want to make not only theatre, but, but all these creative jobs uh, a more stable yeah. um, a career line, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I think there is definitely a path for it, yeah. but... Something that we need to achieve to get to the end of that path is increasing demand. Um, Because we don't have quite a high demand at the moment. Mm -hmm. So it's a question of how do we do that? Because all well and good, we can create beautiful theatre, we can create really good, engaging theatre. But if our public does not want to watch that, is not interested Mm -hmm. in it, you know, they'll go watch the pantos and they'll go watch the comedy shows here Mm -hmm. and there, that once a year. But that once a year is not enough to sustain the many, many different creatives roaming around the island, Mm -hmm. trying their best to make a job out of it. Mm -hmm. So I think it's something that we need to be looking at in terms of 
not just creating good theater, but creating good theater that also engages the general public. Yeah. You go to a show and half the audience is always theater goers. That no, you always the same people. If you go to certain shows, it's always the same people. It's the general theater goers and it's the people who work in theater themselves or work in yes. the arts themselves. Why? But naturally, because it interests them. You know, I will go mm-hmm. watch as many shows as I can yeah. because I work in the industry as well. Yeah. But we need to work towards... Um, bringing in those who are completely disconnected yeah. from the career part of it. That's it. Not, not being, maybe because, you know, like, mm-hmm. like my parents would be into theatre a bit more than the average yeah. person because their kid is growing up in it. Yeah. But we need to find a way to bring that general public in without having to link them too personally to it. Yeah, that's an, an education thing is what it is. Mm-hmm. And it's cultural as well. Because so it's, it's not a question of like, because it's education in that you go to school and you learn drama yeah. and dance and this and that, yeah. whatever. Um, but it's not that. It's We had, at, at school, me and John went to the same secondary, yeah. we had drama and dance lessons. Yeah. But the people in class didn't care. They weren't interested in it, which yes. is fair enough. You don't mm-hmm. have to be interested in it. But so, but it, my point being, it, it's not only a case of you teaching it in schools. It's like a culture thing, you know? Yeah. We're, we're not... The, the, your parents have to, you know, take you to that's a show in the, on the it's week. It's being exposed to it. Yes. And, and Th- in that, fact, that's, it's not just, yeah, yes. Yes. Go, no, go I sorry, totally sorry. agree with what you're saying. It comes out of the education because, for example, right now my, my form two students are picking their mm-hmm. subjects for next year or they've picked them. Um, you know, only a handful of people pick drama. Mm-hmm. And it's those kids that go to extracurricular activities such as yeah. stagecoach, masquerade, this, that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it boils down, it all, I mean, it comes from a lot, a lot of things, like, don't get me wrong, I mean, it's the parents who, you know, some people tend to think, oh, not just parents, families who tend to think, oh, art, it's not going to get you any money, you know, become a lawyer or okay. a doctor. It comes down to education. So, let's make the art department a priority, you know, let's create an end of your performance, let's do this, let's do that, I mean, I'm... Um, I, I am very appreciative because where I work, you know, we're giving that kids that opportunity. And, you know, at the moment, we can't work in a theater with the kids, but we're staging something and we're filming it. So we're giving them that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, and, and even the fact that you know, the educational shows, you know, are Zigozaik and one or two yes. shows that have gone on tour, like your show um, recently. No, no, I'll, I'll, I'll dig into this a bit because I find it quite interesting. Personally, I don't think it's something like having the drama and dance classes within schools being enhanced. Mm-hmm. I don't think those are the things that we need to be looking at to, you know, create, to educate people more. So, for example, I remember, uh, I think I think it was um, secondary school, I think it was around like Form 1 or Form 2, but I remember going to Zigozaik um, when I was younger to go watch a show. And it's stuff like that. It's just being exposed to theatre. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a simple, it's, it's not something that you need to be actively training in you know mm-hmm. because i i don't think that Morta is any short of like good performers you know like we no. have we, ha- we always have a good batch coming out each yes. year you know yes, absolutely. so 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 the people are taking it up and are training in it and, and we always mm-hmm. and, and i love it because i especially enjoy going to like youth theater projects you yes. know um there, there are plenty of them around the island and you always see a new face around there mm-hmm. and they they catch your eye start them younger start, start them, them younger school. but i think it's a case of like exposing them to it as opposed yeah. to training them in it obviously going to dance classes and drama yeah. classes is going to help them handle it firsthand. Yeah. But I think it's something like 
going to Zico Zike Festival, taking this course, because it's usually some, it's such an accessible yeah, platform for, for young people to, to go to, whether it is with their schools, which unfortunately mm-hmm. wasn't the easiest thing recently because of the pandemic, yeah. but hopefully that's going to change within the coming year or two, mm-hmm. but also like installing more of these, you know, shows for children. So yes, mm-hmm. I, I just did um, Thirst Trap with Sponsor Creative, yeah. and, and we toured around um, quite a few different schools, mm-hmm. um, but you could tell that there the majority of the students that came to watch, more often than not, they were made to watch because it was part of their their, yeah. mm-hmm. their timetable, you know, the attendance was being taken, so it wasn't something they could easily miss. Yeah. Um, but you would, you, you, from the way they responded to the shows, um, either they would be talking throughout or be on their phones, the, the, the attention yeah. level is completely non-existent, non-existent. Um, which is a shame because... At least from our end, we tried. To, we, we knew this was going to be a show for young people, for yeah. people in the in sixth form in university, and you could tell, for example, when you went to a, a, a sixth form that is revolved around the arts. Mm-hmm. Those students paid attention yeah. because they were exposed to it because That's they were it. interested in it. Um, whereas even if you go to, it, it doesn't matter what subject you're studying at the moment. It could be engineering, mm-hmm. lawyer, whatever yeah. you know. But if you would have been exposed to it from a younger age. Something like this would you could treat it more accessibly. But that's it. Then but even even then, it's it's a cultural thing in that families in Malta don't appreciate the arts. Now that's mm. for a plethora of reasons. You know, I'm not going to go into discussing why that could be the case. You know, but I, I think, for example, I'm lucky in that, and my sister is lucky in that we started theatre because my dad did some shows here and there when mm. he was yeah. in university. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. so Again, our our exposure to it came from a family thing. If your family isn't used to that, it's it's very hard to break yeah. out of the mold, mm-hmm. and there's no opportunity for you to break that cycle and actually gain exposure in theater. Yeah, you know, because um, let's say you you go, hey, I really enjoy this. I really enjoy this. Your parents your parents will tell you, ah, okay, but you're going to, you're gonna choose account, say in in, in form two. You know <laughs> yes, what I mean? Yes, that's so it. So you're gonna choose this. You you know. So even when there's that exposure, if if a mm-hmm. you know a form one two junior six student goes to goes home and says, hey, I we saw the show at school. It's really exciting. Yes. It looks really interesting. I really want to be a part of it. There'll be lots of parents that say, oh, okay, that's nice. You you know you can do it if you have time. You can you know. That's it. There's there's no there's no push because. Lots of families aren't used to that, I think. We it's don't that. have that culture of, of theatre and arts and of yeah. any kind. It's that, it, it's watching it and enjoying it, but not all. I, I still don't think it's something that needs to be like, I enjoyed watching a show today, now I want to be in a no, show. No, I can true. enjoy watching a show and then just be happy with that and then yeah. want to go watch another show in the I future. I think I also think it needs to start from the higher ups in the sense of like when I was doing my thesis, um, basically, my thesis was the difference between an artistic association versus a union. So, for example, mm. an association like Maya, they delve into like the business. So, like Maya, they handle not only produce, not only artists like freelancers and not, but also producers, businesses and whatnot. Um, Everyone from top to bottom. That, that's it. Much, that's essentially. You know? um, and and the one thing I realized was that that inclusion of the arts and that more awareness needs to start from the higher ups. So. You know, you go into the government, culture ministries, um, tourism ministries, you know, create incentives in schools, create incentives where people not only, you know, I mean, perform, I mean, art isn't just about being seen. 
it's about like what we said last week backstage you know it's it's about this and this and costumes and painting and you know you can do graphic there's design. so this. much you can you can into. create that incentive it cannot be that we wait till post-secondary you know mm-hmm. sixth form mcast um the the institute for the creative arts in mosta to then be able to say oh there's a course in that mm. there's a course in creative media there's a course in graphic design in interactive media and performing arts um create those incentives and that's another reason why i'm glad denise and i are part of maya because we challenge those things and we we are currently challenging them and trying to create something for young slash upcoming because if you don't start from the top how are people at the bottom going to find out about these things i think i think that was the main thing that that was a big thing in my thesis what i find quite a a bit of a shame as well is that it's not like these resources aren't accessible to them through stuff like Zigzag, through stuff like Culture Pass, and Culture yes. Pass is literally, um, you call up a school, tell them, listen, I've got this show, it's completely free for you to sign up, like like the government will pay for everything, like literally. you don't need to think about, it. just give us a day, we'll come in, everything is done in the yeah. schools, in a hall or in a classroom sometimes, That's depends it. on the age group, so there's plenty of, and, and there are many of these shows, you know, and, and mm-hmm. they're really good quality sometimes. What I love as well, Tricky Tracu Teatro Malta. There we go. Yeah. I mean, it's not even, it's not even, like, so first they create a meeting, you know, all the teachers can join and whatnot. And then, not only do the kids have the, have, have the decision to not perform, but they can say, oh, you know what? I actually want to do costumes, miss. I actually want to help the director. I actually want to be in charge of the set. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's, we need more incentives like that. You know, mm-hmm. we need more tricky tracky. We need more zigozaik, more But then, then you phone the school and they say, Iyama. Um, they're busy with the syllabus, you know, uh, so they don't have time for, for these events. So, yes, there's the incentives, but we don't have a culture of these things. Uh, these yeah. things, art education is important. And then, you know, what happens? You know like, for example, I, I, I do culture pass. So as um, with, with Chris Dingley, we do shake shorts. Yeah. OK, and, and that is literally part of the syllabus. Yes. Like, listen, <laughs> we will come and we will summarize Macbeth for you yes. in 45 minutes in a ridiculously funny way, which will definitely engage Don't study students. kids, just watch ah. shake shorts. I mean, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. If, if you no, guys... study as well. But, <laughs> yes. but, but the point is that like, the, Sometimes, yes, it's for entertainment, yes. but sometimes it can also be really educational. Yes. I remember my brother um, took part in Macbeth when it was being done at the Manuel, yeah. while he was studying Macbeth at school um, for his O-levels. And that's, you know, it's, yeah. that, that's a whole other level, because mm-hmm. on, on one hand, you could have gone and watched the show, and that was going to help you, because you're yeah. literally seeing the play from start to finish mm-hmm. in front of you. I mean... Yeah. It's like Netflix. It's like going to the cinema. Yeah. This is just a different medium that we're mm-hmm. talking about. It's not exactly rocket science. I mean, I realized, you know? like, for example, when I was pit singing for, for Hush a few years ago, um, I remember the curtains opening and um, Moritz, the live designer, and Denise had decided to design this circular ring mm-hmm. and violins were hanging through it. And that's essentially that circular ring was a light. And I remember vividly the curtains opening at the Manuel and this this ring is lighting. You see the shadows of the violins going in and out of the light and the kids just go, whoa. It's a spectacle, eh? It's a spectacle. And it's like, we need, like, clearly your kids are craving it. They mm-hmm. need that, that outlet. Also, I have to say, as in not to be devil's advocate, but with the pandemic climate as it is, there are a lot of policies in place for schools. So even when it comes to sports, you know, the kids have to wear gloves. So I'm not saying COVID is an excuse for the shortage of such things, but the pandemic is not helping either. Having said that, though, um, 
now there needs to be now people need to say oh we need a creative outlet for these kids we need a sports outlet for these kids something where you know within those policies and within the safety of covid and all that they can still be done you i've noticed that i th- i think kids in secondary school badly need it at the moment yes. because every school i went to um for these culture pass shows um, have, yeah. have been t- the teachers and the headmasters would tell us the difference between them two three years ago and now is incredible so they're yeah. so much more shy they're still they're in a bubble of their own Literally. you know they they, they they they're not breaking out of their shell the mm-hmm. way they used to yeah just because they've been in front of a screen exactly. and seeing nothing but you know tiles in front of them i mean i pity currently my year 11 kids you know my form five kids two years ago when they started their subjects their form three subjects mm-hmm. they were in a pandemic online mm-hmm. you know like it's it's such a my my form four students i mean to be honest my form four students are quite energetic and lively um, seeing them in class and you know they're tapping their foot and they're like really tense mm-hmm. and it's like miss let's go play basketball miss give us a football please like let's get out of mm-hmm. here it's so like needed the kids mm-hmm. come into drama class my four one and two kids and they're running around and it's like okay guys we need to settle you can't be running around you know and, and it's like oh miss we really need to get up and move because you know so now it's mm-hmm. let's create these incentives and I think uh, it starts from down there, it starts from the roots, and as they yeah. grow up, obviously, hopefully that will help create a yeah. wider audience who might not necessarily want to be involved in working with yeah. the performing arts, but simply viewing it and, and, and watching and investing yes. in it. I think it's also quite interesting because, for example, there are countries like New York and London mm-hmm. where yes, you go like there. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> wait, no, but sorry, man. Sorry. I think the word you're looking for is cities. Cities, Kazari. <laughs> it's been a long day, folks, okay? I, I need a bit of coffee to continue this chat, but what I will say is this. In cities, <laughs> like New York and London, I mean, part of your to-do list there is go watch a show, you know? Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's, part of, it's part of, like, what you have to do. But the mentality is different. I wonder. I said I always wonder this. I, I if Malta can ever be on par with that because you walk into Valletta, for example, which is the main city. If you're coming on from a cruise ship, you're dumped into Valletta. If you if you come and visit as a tourist, you're gonna go to the capital city. Literally. We have so many beautiful theaters over there. Yeah. And summer is actually when a lot of tourists do come. Summer is quite a dead time. Yeah. Yes. And I'm like, no, it's peak or March. Yes. And Mar- March, March is peak. Like, there are so many shows. I watched the show last week and I'm watching a show yeah, tonight. Every- you know, there's there's plenty yeah. to go around, but. Why is it the case that when all the tourists come in, our theatre industry suddenly dies? You have a whole new pool of people that you can try and pull in. I feel like that's something that the mm-hmm. um arts yeah. climate needs to look into a bit yeah. more, you know? Maybe make it a bit more traditional. Like if yeah. you go to Malta, you go watch a show. Mm-hmm. I um, It was funny because a few weeks ago, one of my ex-classmates from the UK was on a cruise ship and, and they arrived in Malta. Mm-hmm. And they were just showing me like Snapchat, so of yeah. themselves, like John, what's this? John, what's that? And they're literally showing me like videos of like Teatro Real, you know, Teatro yeah. Manuel. I'm like, oh, but when they're here, it's not really advertised yeah. or pushed towards them, so yeah. they're just yeah. hidden away, you know, they're covered up. I, I think the issue is is a, from a policy perspective, in that the government focuses on tourism policies that get people here. Uh, and what they, they do here is really important. History like that, no? and yeah, yeah, but history and stuff. Yeah. But the arts, the culture, you know, taking mm-hmm. them to a uh, art exhibit, uh, a theater production, uh, what, whatever the case may be. There's no real mm-hmm. that that the only way that happens is from a from a you know policy policy perspective. The government or the Ministry of Culture, or whatever, or tourism, yeah. have to push that. You know, 
because it's not just enough for a producer to say, okay, I'm going to push a show in Valletta yeah. on this time and just do it. You know, there's no incentive, I think, from a, yeah. an I mean, entity. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's always going to be harder for an independent private producer yeah. to get it up and running. But I, I think like with the right marketing or with the right mm-hmm. push in the but right I places. It's, it's struggling I mean, in summer from beginning to end. First of all, you're rehearsing in the heat. No, the heat, the heat kills it's, you. It's, 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 I mean, yeah. Ah, that's, that's, that's it, you know? It's not like we don't have theatres and studios which are equipped with AC, yeah, you know, so... But, but I think, I don't know, I don't know, I think, I think it's a struggle to market a mm-hmm. performance in summer. I mean, it I is. mean, the, the, It's not easy. Shows it's, happening in July are like, oh my God, are you kidding me, July? Echo. Like... Um, when was the last? I think I... I remember, for example, doing something like the stagecoach, um, our own version of the short play festival. That used to be summer rehearsals. Um, that was a bit of a killer, I won't lie, because yeah. of just because of the heat. Yes. But I mean, you know, like like I said, if you find a studio with like good AC, if you find theatres with good AC, which you know, they're but. not that hard to find. It might but you can't just take a complete break, can you already? Still, I, I don't know. No, like, but that know. that's the thing. It's it's an element of that is just how the industry works. There's an off season yeah. and an on season. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so it just so happens to be that our off season is when a whole yes. of tourists potentially. So I think that's some, I just think that's something that's worth digging echo. into. Dig into it, Mela. Yeah, we yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, like, That's my point. So, so, guys, what show are we doing this summer? Uh, what, no, what, I can't. It's too hot. It's, it's too hot. Brandon's <laughs> <laughs> out. Gets me, a, gets me an AC room. Mela, yeah. At herbal tea, and I'm good. You're going to drink warm tea in the middle of summer. There's an AC. If there's AC, all the problems rely on an AC. If you have an AC, everything is golden. Well, welcome to Malta and summer, yeah, basically. Like. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. Um, to be fair, there's a lot more that we could dig into, I feel, yep. in the yeah. sense of um, finding the, the right... Adjust, it's kind of like adjusting the climate, eh? Adjusting yes. the climate to make it more accessible mm-hmm. for people. Make it evident that this is literally a night out, an yes. entertaining night out. And you can avoid the Netflix for one night and go watch a live show. There's something special about yeah. seeing, you know, somebody on stage. I, yeah. Like, it's more exciting. Because someone screws up, you know, you laugh about it. You don't <laughs> get it on Netflix. It's <laughs> oh, part of the fun. But can I tell you, because you mentioned someone screwing up, we notice that because we're theatre people. But true, true. Most so people, I feel like... Yeah, a lot of I mean, like the, the there's, fair enough. There, there's a two-tiered experience, I feel, to watching a live show for, for theatre people. Yeah. Because, because, I mean, the average person is going to go there and you're going to enjoy the actors and you're going to enjoy yeah. the show. For example, someone like me, the second I walk into a theatre, right, so what are the lights doing? What yeah. set do they yes. have? Which backstage crew can I currently spot? Honestly, like, every You start analysing, don't yeah. you? Every time I walk to the Manuel, who's doing the lights? Uh-huh. Who's doing it the takes show? away a bit of the fun, I have and to say. And then it's like that. Who's in the ASM? Because all of a sudden I'm working again. Yes, yes. who's right. going in and out of that stage right door? And I do enjoy those <laughs> nights where I just walk in and I'm just like, I'm here to just walk. I'm a chally, you know? Yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But it's a social thing as well, yeah, you know. No, you go there, you run, you run into people that you know. That's just uh, there's a beauty in it, you know. And, yeah. and some, I mean, at least for us, we know that more often than not, we go watch a show. Somebody we know is going to be on this. Yes, yeah. you know, so, there's something nice about yeah. that. But at the same time, for people who are, like I said, completely disconnected from mm-hmm. the scene, which are the people that we should be marketing to and trying yeah. to drive home, there's still something really special about watching theatre live, seeing live people on a stage as opposed to on a screen, in a cinema or in Mm -hmm. a TV. You know, it's a much more immersive experience and a more personal experience. And and I think um, the next step would be to induce that culture into, you know, families of of 
of every yes. background. There's a know? lot of boxes you need that need to mm-hmm. be ticked here. I mean, I mean, the government need to be working side by side with the artists. You know, it needs to go towards the education from the roots of it. <laughs> Um, so they can be exposed from it from a young age. Mm-hmm. The parents of these days need incentives yeah. and need to be targeted in the right way. Mm-hmm. So it's just visible that, listen, it's not like we're creating something yeah. that's, that we enjoy mm-hmm. doing only. We're pretty sure that you will enjoy it yeah. if you give it a shot. Yes. Please come and give it a shot. <laughs> yeah. And then if you don't like it, it's not going to be for everyone. That's, that's fine. It. That's, that's fine. Everyone. But I'm, I'm quite confident yeah. that it's more than the current audience that we, yes. that we have engaged. Yes. We, the, the audience size can definitely mm-hmm. increase should people just risk it. Uh-huh. It's, not, it's not even like a massive risk, you know, you're going to watch a show. Yeah. So. And before you mentioned like artists and associations working with the government, and I totally agree because um, I remember last year there was a time where I think if I remember correctly, it's like the private cinemas couldn't open mm. at a point. Mm, yeah. But then there was, there was the, the public cinema. cinema. The city, yeah. Yes, there was cinema in the city. And it's actually one of Mea's electoral um, points is that proposes, actually not points, proposes that there cannot be such a competition. If you're telling the private sector at the moment you can't do it, let's wait mm. for the cases to go down, you cannot have cinema in the city where. You're doing the same thing, but outside. Tell the private companies, guys. You can do it outside as well. Do That's a, the case. You know, do a drive-in cinema. Everyone's I, I would love. <laughs> no, one, no one mixes up with anyone else. Like, But don't like say, oh, let's work with the association. If then, you know, an example like that means you just want to compete. You just want to make mm-hmm. money and, you know. It's very important that just that equal playing field, not only that, but also to not drown out mm-hmm. uh, the private sector because the public sector is great. It provides a lot of opportunities, yeah. not only in terms of you know casting, but also in terms of funding, in terms yes. of commission plays. There's a lot that does go out yes. to artists and it does help um, a lot of artists mm-hmm. create you know, a, a living wage to an extent yes. because, because those opportunities do pay decently. Mm-hmm. But it also sometimes can be shadowed on top of private plays because yes. there's only so big a private company can be mm-hmm. um with the limited you know private funding available Spons- sponsors will only get you so far personal yeah. investments of, of, of businesses are only going to go so far I mean, look at you know m- let's take marketing um teatro Malta did manuel de mec end of 2021 it was fantastic marketing. Really it good, was everywhere so really good marketing really good show um i i enjoyed watching it um and and even the like post-show marketing, in a sense of interviewing the audience and whatever, private entities don't have that much money to put they into They don't have marketing. the luxury. They don't have the luxury. They don't have it's, that luxury. It's something that's sometimes overlooked, which is a shame because that's what you really need mm-hmm. to do if you want to get people yeah. in those seats. Mm-hmm. But realistically, I mean, yes, public entities have much more mm-hmm. spending freedom when it yes. comes to their marketing for example yeah. in, in this case scenario and it's all it's often done really done really well and executed really well like you said mm-hmm. with theater Maltas, more often than not it's quite interesting marketing yes. because you don't see mm-hmm. like for example something I, I i really liked and i wish i could see more of is like something simple like the bus advertisements you know on the bus yeah. stops you start seeing like, I, I, I loved seeing I, I think Manuel mm-hmm. de did that quite a bit mm-hmm. and I really enjoy just seeing plays like, being advertised in the same way as you know a commercial literally would be. like for example Manuel de Mec had done this um, they spray painted Manuel de Mec's face Slimma bus uh-huh. again the, that was a really blocks. innovative way you know there was a video Taryn Mama had done this video where she's just walking across it and it was simply the reveal and it's like you see his face and you know exactly what we're referring to uh-huh. It's just a shame that obviously 
right now where we're at at the moment, private companies cannot reach that yeah. level. So I think may, is is it a case that public companies need to down their level of like in terms of marketing, so production level? I'm not sure. But it is maybe helping out and creating the right incentives yeah. for the private companies to at least match that. That's it. And we are on that equal playing field. Yes. You know, that's it. um, it's finding a right balance of yes. giving the right opportunities for mm-hmm. private companies. So if a public company is going to go so big, then there are also two or three other private companies which can that reach can. that level. Exactly. You know, whether that means giving the, the private companies more funding, more opportunities, that's or it. even, you know, lowering down some of the standards of, of the public that's ones it. because sometimes they don't need to be too in your face, yes, you know? Um, so sometimes yeah. some, there is a thing that's too much yes. and, and we do see it every now and then mm-hmm. depending on, you know, yeah. the entity. But there are a few. And, and, and sometimes, obviously, like, some, there are obviously, these entities are usually like established organizations and they do multiple productions mm-hmm. throughout the year. Yeah. Some productions are put more in your face than others, you know? They yes. push a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's, I don't think there's a right answer for this, a uh, right or wrong. It's just no. something that needs to be thought about yeah. as we're exiting the pandemic, as we reach, I, I can't wait to reach that, that point in life where we can do anything we want without thinking about restrictions really That's and truly. It. And then once we're there, if there are still problems that need to be faced, because we're trying to face a lot of these during yeah. the recovery period, yes. which is great, because hopefully by the time we yeah. finish the recovery period, a lot of these things have been addressed. And if there are still any few nooks and crannies yeah. that need to be filled, then that's yes. the time. Okay, we need to fix these ASAP. Absolutely. Cool. But yeah. Yeah. Cool, guys. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, so, Lisa, thank you so much for no joining problem. us for these past two episodes. Uh, we loved having you on. I loved being um, here. It was a nice um, theatre talk, again, going back to... I like being the troops. guest as opposed to being the one asking the questions. No, we did, we didn't it? touch on that because you had, what's it called, your own I podcast, eh? Hey, uh, that, that matter. Yes, yeah. that was part of my thesis. Very, very mm. fun. <laughs> no, I loved it. I really enjoyed doing it. Um, I had, no, now it's fun being the guest, <laughs> being asked the questions as opposed <laughs> to, like, fun. the sound has to be really, really good. And, and the questions, and they need to be good because, you know, if you ask dumb questions, it's like... I don't do dumb, dumb questions yeah. lead to dumb answers. Yes. <laughs> well, let's hope the sound is good from our end and let's hope <laughs> that the questions we asked were dumb. <laughs> no, the questions were very, very great. That's so glad to hear. I can't comment on sound, I'm just crap at that. Uh, we, we'll find out. I'm seeing some clipping already. <laughs> That's fine. We're starting off. It's season one, folks. Um, but anyways, thank you so much, Lisa. Um, thank you, Andrew. And we will see you guys with another episode in the coming weeks we don't know when the next one might come out we don't know what it's going to be yet but who knows until the next one folks see you then thank you guys so much for tuning in to yet another chewing's chat about podcast episode we hope you guys enjoyed last week and this week's chat with the amazing lisa baldacchino a massive thank you to her for joining us for these two episodes if you guys want more chewing there's also the chew on the blog which is currently up and running and featuring quite a few blog posts with hopefully more to come so if you guys feel like reading some articles if you like reading some opinion pieces go for it go to our website and check out our chew on it blog on our digital page we also have an open call for blog submissions, so if you have an idea that you want to write about and you want to put it on the Chew on It blog, feel free to get in touch, let us know, and we can make it happen. But thank you once again for tuning in, for listening, for reading, for wanting to write, whatever it is, thank you so much, and we'll see you with the next episode. Until then.